day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to uh, CFBC Online Church Day 2. We're going to try to hold a regular church service. So normally, uh, my because uh, we're doing this every day, every day that the world is shut down for the uh, coronavirus and to protect the uh, elderly and those that are at risk, uh, I'm going to be doing a approximately a five-minute daily devotional. But... Uh, Today is our church service. We're doing online church. So church wasn't canceled. We just moved it to online to uh, help restrict the flow of the virus from human to human. Right? That's a good idea. So that's what we're doing here today. So yes, we take today seriously. This is the first time in our nation that uh, things have been shut down. Like, uh, well, my millennial children realized this was serious when the NBA got shut down and when Disneyland got shut down. But even so, I would say, yes, we're living in unprecedented times, so we're in uncharted water and nobody really knows uh, how to proceed from here because we've never lived in a situation where this has happened, where schools have been shut down, where most of your travel has been restricted. This is crazy times we live in, and everybody has their opinion on how one person should respond or another. But here's what I want to say up front. If there's any time in the world to be gracious to others, now is the time. If there's any time to be gracious I let love cover a multitude of sins, be respectful of other people's um, feelings and opinions. It's now. Uh, we're called to stand before God and live biblically, and we're called to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've been doing a whole teaching about being led by the Holy Spirit. When we were in John, John 14, God gave us his spirit to give us peace and to give us wisdom and to lead us. But along with someone's being biblical, there could be all kinds of different approaches to this as someone decides to be super cautious and protect themselves and the high-risk people and have no social contact or interaction, don't don't scoff at them or don't judge them or don't critique them. And someone else decides they want to really be out there and they want to get advantage of discounted airlines and travel all over the world or, or someone wants to go wash their hands and wash other people's feet and get in the middle of this and serve people. We need all different kinds. The body of Christ includes all different people. And you have to see what God has called you to in the process of this. As long as you're doing biblical and you're doing it out of love and compassion, if we're doing something out of um, fear or anxiety, then that's not the right heart. But if someone is operating out of love and biblical compassion and wanting to serve God, then we, this is the time for us to extend grace, to let love cover a multitude of sins, and to be gracious one to another. So that's just kind of a, a preview on top of this. Normally at this time in our church, we would have a song service. So uh, I'm going to sing a few songs for you. Acapella? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to read a couple of lyrics. One of the songs that I think is interesting, because uh, we just went to the Toby Mac concert, and he had it right. Like 15, 20 years ago, he put out a song called Extreme Days. In fact, I remember my son Josh, who was probably like a teenager then, uh, made a music video of Extreme Days with him wakeboarding, and it was really good, because he was extreme wakeboarding and had really extreme wipeouts. So that video is actually on YouTube to find. If you look for Josh Thatcher Extreme Days video, it's on there. But anyways, Toby Mac had it right. He said, we're living in extreme days. And that was 15, 20 years ago. And here we are. We are living in extreme days. And again, I go back to my first point that um, we be extra gracious during this time. This is a time to be gracious, to love, to serve, to extend as much grace to others as you want God to extend to you. Um, a couple of songs that I wanted to... Uh, talk about um number one there's a song by zach williams that's called fear is a liar and i'm not going to sing it uh, but this is in lieu of our song service 
And uh, here's what it says. It says, fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness. Cast your fear in the fire, because fear, he is a liar. I just want to say up front, that's a good song for us to remember from Zach Williams. Uh, that we, we are called not to operate in fear. Perfect love casts out fear, and we understand the perfect love of God. We know that God is sovereign. In the midst of all this, look it, there's trials and tribulations, and one day, guess what? Uh, life is fatal. We are all going to die. We're all going to get to heaven one way or the other. In fact, when you read the book of Revelation, if you believe in its uh, future prophetic fulfillment, which not everybody does, could be just allegorical, but if you believe in it, it talks about plagues that come on the earth, and one plague wipes out a quarter of the earth, and another plague wipes out a third of the earth. And I pray to God that those aren't accurate numbers and they're not really happening literally, but eventually the world comes to an end. We all believe the human race eventually ends on this planet and we all go to be with heaven. And there's a scripture I'm going to share with you later that says that we must trust God for more than just this life. If we're just trusting God for what we get here on planet earth, we're going to be sorely disappointed but we trust God for this life and life to come. So we don't have to operate in fear because we have the perfect love of God. We know that he's going to protect us and guide us. We're going to talk about that later too, Psalm 91. The 91 days of praying Psalm 91. i got a lot to talk about today, don't I always, as your pastor. But uh, we don't have to operate in fear because we trust God uh, that he will see us through the storm, no matter the outcome of the storm. He'll remove the storm, he'll give us the strength to go through the storm, or the storm will ultimately take us to be with him. Either way, we win. So fear is a liar. Number two, um, I was going to preach out of John 14 and 15 today, which I'm not. I'm talking about prayer. Uh, but uh, my favorite hymn, uh, I'm waiting for someone to say it. What is, Steve's, what is Pastor Steve's favorite hymn? Be the first typer. You get a prize. You get a sticker. Oh, Pam wanted me to remind you, by the way, to, during this time to be continuing, while you're typing that in, to be continually doing your um, prayer charts, right? Your calendars. Make sure you're still importantly reading the Bible together as a family out loud and praying together as a family out loud and maybe even journaling what you're thankful for out loud because it says you get the peace of God that passes understanding when you pray with thanksgiving. And so you pray with thanksgiving and God gives you peace. So make sure you're reading out loud, praying out loud, and, got it. and telling God what you're thankful for and then putting stickers on your sticker chart. The first person to get it was who? And, and, then, and got it first, got it and then Kathy got it second. Trust and obey, yes. Thank you for knowing your pastor. Uh, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy bringing in the sheets. Yes, Joe, that's that's one of my second favorite ones, just because it is. Uh, I Got a River of Life is my favorite little chorus, but uh, trust and obey. And here's what it says. I'm reading now because I'm not singing. I picture Joe on a guitar strumming and belting this out. Uh, when we walk with the Lord, you might know this, you can sing it as I say it. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word what we're doing right here it's what we're doing right here what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey now look at verse two here we are not a shadow can rise not a cloud in the skies but his smile quickly drives it away not a doubt or a fear not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Verse 3, Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he does richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Listen, trust and obey, for there's no other way 
We've got to trust in God and then walk in obedience to what he says. You've got to trust in a God through his word. That's why you have the Holy Spirit, to give you that peace and trust in God. Anyways, uh, one more song in our song service. It's the first song service I've ever loved. Do you know that back in the early 90s, I was almost made the song leader of a, of a mega church until I sang. Until I sang. I'm going to tell Pastor Ted that 30 years later, I finally became a song service leader. We just had to read the lyrics instead of sing them. All right. Uh, last, last but not least, I really have enjoyed the song from Hillsong Young and Free. And I know not everybody likes everything that Hillsong puts out, but I'm just saying I really enjoyed this song, Highs and Lows, because it's based on Psalm 139, which is another good psalm to read to give you calm and peace in a time of storm, which is why I'm asking you to rapid, R-A-P-A day, read a psalm a day. That's what my devotions are going to be starting tomorrow. Read a psalm a day. Anyways. Um, when, here's Highs and Lows from Hillsong Young and Free. When it feels like the dark lingers longer than the night. Ooh. That's... That's it right now. It, that You know that's... The, my, my wife actually says that. She says, I wake up and I have this feeling of uneasiness. I trust in God, but there's it feels like the dark is lingering past the night. You wake up in the morning and there's still this... You know, there's some invisible little virus out there affecting who knows how many and, and, and everybody's panicking because of it. And maybe they should be. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. When it feels like the dark lingers longer than the night, when the shadows feel like giants... Are you chasing me down? Tell me, where could I run from your light? Where could I hide? That's Psalm 139, friends. Hemmed within your precious thoughts, there's no hiding from your love. No matter how bad it gets, God is there. Remember Psalm 23, the Lord is our shepherd. He leads us and he takes care of us as we go through the valley of the shadow of death. The chorus, highs and lows, Lord, you're with me either way it goes. Should I rise or should I fall? I can't promise you. In fact, it can't all be highs because uh, the very definition of high means you're at a peak. And the only way to go from a high is down. Now, I would like to stay kind of in the middle ground, right? There's even prayers in Psalms that says, or Proverbs, mm -hmm, one of the two, that says, don't make me too rich so I forget about you, but don't make me too poor so I'm tempted to steal, right? Keep me in the middle. But this psalm says, in the highs and the lows, God's with us through them all, and the ups and the downs. And we're going through a serious down right now. Even so, Lord, your mercy is an even flow. See, what, what, what's going to balance the Christians out is that mercy, trusting in the mercy of God. Trusting that God is sovereign. God has not been shaken off his throne. We don't always understand the whys, and that's why the prayer series is really good because it talks about the variables that affect our prayers and how there's all kinds of things going on, but in the end, God's always on the throne and we trust in him. So the even flow for us the reason we can have peace that passes understanding is because we know God's mercy. You're too good to let me go. Should I dance on the heights or make my bed among the depths? That's actually talking about dying, by the way. Your mercy waits at every end, like you've planned it from the start. Should the dawn come with wings or find me on the far side of the sea? <laughs> That's where Audrey was just a couple days ago, but we got her home. God was there on the far side of the sea. There your hand still fastens me ever closer to your heart. Highs and lows from Hillsong Young and Free. It's a beautiful song. It, it, the, just the melody is just beautiful. I, I love it and I enjoy it. So there's your song service for today uh, that I was able to lead. Praise God for that. In the meantime, I'm going to share with you a couple encouraging scripture verses. 
that I looked up this morning. These these were not pre-planned. I have a message on prayer that comes from my 2016 prayer series that we're going to talk about. But I was just getting ready for the live stream, and I just started running through verses that I thought would be encouraging to you today. And so I'm just going to lay these out while you comment your prayer request or text them in the Pam, and Pam's going to make a note of them somewhere. Kyle's at home with a fever. Noonan. Kyle Noonan. You're going to write these down somewhere so we know when to pray for him. You have to, you have to transcribe them somewhere. My transcription is home, home like here. In Connell or home like where is that? Okay. Here's a couple of verses. Um, the passage I was telling you about in the highs and lows is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. That's the that's the first encouraging word I just want to share. I'm just sharing some scriptures while you're putting in your prayer requests. You gotta trust in God for this life and the life to come. Remember the rope illustration from church? If you weren't there, everything's archived on YouTube. So you can go watch it. Well, we did an illustration a few weeks ago on the rope. Remember, this is just that little part of the long rope of your life. So get perspective. Get the eternal perspective on this, and you can be at peace amidst the storms. Um, John 14. We uh I've been going through John. I think we're on, we should have been on episode 47 today. That's a lot of sermons on John. But anyways, we've been in 14 for a while. And chapter 14 starts out with, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Jesus. He said me, but it's not me, it's Jesus. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then he goes on to talk about how he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to lead us and guide us and comfort us. There's trouble in the world. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in the finished work of Christ. He's bought us. He's saved us. He's redeemed us. And later on it says he went and built a room for us in heaven and he's going to take us there. We know the destination. We know the end game. God is good. Uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. This is in the NLT version just to make it different because you've all heard the old versions. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Even if Costco's empty and Walmart doesn't let me do a pickup. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Okay, you say, but what about now? Well, guess what? The next verse says this, right? Just like Shadrach and Benny said, we know our God will rescue us from the fire. But even if he doesn't. Here's Psalm 23, or after he says how good things are and we're in these lush meadows and God's taking care of us. Verse 24, verse 4 of Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, highs and lows, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. That's why it tells us to pray with thanksgiving, to make our requests known to God with thanksgiving. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God for these verses. Um, okay, another thing, besides this being the National Day of Prayer, is I got a message from Young Life that said that last time there was a big crisis, like I think it was the Ebola crisis, they committed to praying Psalm 91 for 91 days. Psalm 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. All right, a thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your left hand, but it won't come near you. That psalm, they decided to pray that over the world because of the Ebola crisis back in the day, especially it was in, I think, Africa, um, for 91 days. And they asked all their people to do it. And this is what the letter said. I haven't validated this, but I don't think Young Life would lie. 
um, on the 91st day of doing 91 days of Psalm 91, on the very 91st day, that's when the World Health Organization said, okay, it's no longer a global pandemic. It, it's been reduced. It, it, the spread of it has been halted. Interesting. So I encourage you to read Psalm 91 for peace and comfort. Um, he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Listen, that's Psalm 91.3. For those who live in the shelter of the Most High, for those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you have to be close to God. You have to be in His kingdom. You have to be under His covenant. You have to be His child. But if you are, it says, He alone will be your refuge, your place of safety. He is my God and I can trust in Him. And He will rescue me from every trap and protect me from every deadly disease. That speaks for itself. It's good. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 was the passage that if we hope in Christ for this life only, we're the most to be pitied. Ephesians 6 uh, is the armor of God, and one of them, because today's the National Day of Prayer, it says, verse 18, Pray at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's what we're about to do. We're about to pray. We're about to make supplication and pray and intercede. And what I call the bow of prayer. We're going to take prayer seriously and pray because it's part of spiritual warfare. Because it tells us up above that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against viruses. We wrestle against spiritual forces and wicked places. Wicked forces in the heavenly realms. So we're going to take the armor of God and we're going to pray. And believe. Uh, also, um, just in case you happen to be in a bad place right now, maybe you are actually quarantined or you're suffering with the virus or you know someone that is, um, or you are out of work because of this, whatever the situation may be, there's a reminder that Peter gives us, beloved, 1 Peter 4.12, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though some strange thing were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you suffer, you share in the sufferings of Christ, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God. So, so there are times of suffering. It says that Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. It's not all just health, blessing, and prosperity. Though that's what God wants to do. Look at the prayer of Jabez. God wants to bless us, but sometimes we're called to suffer for various reasons. Sovereignty of God, to develop character in us because of the sin of other people and free will. Uh, but it says, don't be surprised. But then come to God and trust Him. It says that at the end of the chapter. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Ooh, I'm going to read that again. First hmm. Peter 4.19 Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls a faithful creator while doing good. Do good. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for health. Pray for wholeness. Pray Psalm 91. But in the end, we entrust our souls to God. We know that he's with us in the highs and lows. Um, okay, here's a, uh, another verse I'm going to share. And this is going uh, to be to explain the idea on how... Uh, well, some people are asking me... I, I mean, this... Okay, bring this up okay some people are asking well why why are you doing online church well, why don't you just trust god why don't you meet together and have church and again i'm going to say it's not out of fear for us it's out of wisdom for the others we don't want to unwittingly be 
carriers of the virus because there's a lot of people that are that have it that are don't show symptoms and it's very contagious and we don't want to end up uh, infecting those who have health issues or are elderly uh, who are going to have a severe reaction to it and we don't want to overwhelm the health system and have people sick that can't get care so there is a verse proverbs 22 3 that says a shrewd person sees danger and hides himself but the, na the naive keep right on going and suffer for it so we're trying to be as gracious as we can as loving as we can the christians are called to love and serve the people around us and meet the needs uh, but we're also called to be shrewd and to be wise and to see danger and to avoid it. There's also another passage that says, but those who won't care for their relatives, this is 1 Timothy 5.8, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So as much as you want to, and you've got to walk in God's call on this. I don't know. There's Churches are taking a different approach and Christians are taking a different approach. And that's what's good about the body of Christ is everybody's different. So you have to, not operate out of fear, but out of love and say, okay, God, are you calling me to be, to be wise and to hide my family from this and to provide for my own family? Or are you telling me that it's time, like Jesus said, some people said, that leave your family, leave your mother and father, leave your spouse, leave everything and go serve the people out there. Not everybody's called to be that one. Not everybody's called to be this one. It's different for all of us. That's why we're called the body of Christ. But there's, there's scriptural context for both of them, right? Providing and protecting for your family so that you're not worse than an unbeliever and reaching the lost because that's what God called us to do and taking care of widows and orphans and those suffering and visiting those in prisons and those who are sick and dying. It's, it's both and. And so praise God for all of us that can work in all ways, which goes back to my original statement. Let's be gracious. As gracious as God is to us, let's not be critical or judgmental this time. We need to be loving God and serving others around us as God has directed us. And if, my friend, if you're one of those out there that God has called for you to get in the middle of this, uh, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. How has God called you to lay down your life for friends? Obviously, he's not telling us all to physically just die, but that could be the case for some of us. But are we laying down the life for the people around us? Is it, is it your wife? Is it your child? Is it your grandchild? Is it this, this, like the Good Samaritan? Is it the stranger you don't even know? Hear from God. Operate in peace. Do what Jesus did and hear and say and do only what the Father told you to say and do. Be walking in the authority of God as you're filled by His Spirit. If you're trying to limit uh, social interactions, social distancing, they call it, um, this medium is great. We have technology. I mean, I understand, and there's people who say, no, I'm just going to get out there and get in the middle of it and trust God. Great. But for a lot of us, this is a, thank, thank the Lord that we have live stream, that we have texting, that we have email, that if you have an iPhone, you can do FaceTime. Even if you don't have an iPhone, I think you can do Facebook Messenger live calling, right? Or one of those other apps that let you do live video calling. You, If you want to just give somebody a, a nice encouraging message and let them watch it at their own time if they're busy, you have this Marco Polo app. So you can be just as intentional through that and connect to that as you can in real person. I, I mean, obviously, I know nothing replaces actually being there and seeing the person, shaking their hand and giving them a hug. But if we're trying to restrict the flow of the virus to protect the elderly and those with health, underlying health issues, it's not like all of a sudden we have to just isolate and sit in our cell room. It's not back in the days before we, we had an in, interconnected world. So this is cool. We have a connected world. I would encourage you, God put this on my heart a while ago. It's like, Steve, what do you have to offer? 
you know, I, I pastor a small church in a small town and I run a small real estate firm and I have a pretty small family. And so what do I really have to offer? And what God said to Pam and I both is speak life. I have the ability to speak life and encouragement to everybody I come in contact with. So take this time to be intentional and call the relative of yours. Uh, FaceTime them because it's nice to see their face. If you're a texture, and some of you don't like talking. <laughs> I like talking, right? Most of the time. Uh, but text if that's your thing. Send them an, an email. Uh, but this is the time to, to be intentional about connecting with the people you love, maybe people you don't always contact with, and speak life to them. Speak an encouraging word. Lift somebody's spirits. Pray for somebody. Share a scripture with them. Let's, let's take the proactive... Uh, in prayer, we talk about prayer targets. What about prayer targets is turning the table on the devil, and when things are going bad, you use it for good. You take what's bad, and you replace it with something that's even better, and you become more intentional about reading God's Word, about praying, about connecting with people, about speaking live. So let's take this time to do such things. Let's turn the tables on this and turn it out to be a good thing. Let's, as the body of Christ, support each other, even if you can't be there in person. Now, some of you, that's what you want to do. You want to go be the person in person, and I... I bless you in that. But if you're the person who's saying, oh, I want to slow down and back up and not add to the spread of this, we don't have to isolate ourselves thanks to technology. We can use it for good. Technology so often is used for bad in our world. We, the Christians, can use it for good. So my prayer for you today is connect with somebody in a real way. FaceTime them. Call them. Text them. Marco Polo them. However you want to connect with them. That's another encouragement. All right. Anything else from the peanut gallery over there? Okay. Um, okay, so uh, just like normal, uh, it's 11.40, and I'm about to start my sermon. So that was all your pre-sermon material, right? This is like a normal Sunday service. I didn't know how this would work. I've never done this before, right? But here I am, and I'm ready to actually start preaching the Word. And so hopefully some of you um, got the PowerPoint, because that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, if not, it's fine. I'm a pretty clear communicator, but on the church Facebook page is a link to the PowerPoint from 2016, my series on prayer. And I'm going to be highlighting that a little bit today because today is the National Day of Prayer. We've already prayed together. We've already shared things together. We've already had an update. We've already had announcements. We've already had a music <laughs> song service led by Pastor Steve. And now it's time to talk about today, National Day of Prayer, and how does prayer affect this? What is it that we can do as prayer? And prayer, hmm, prayer is not a last resort. In fact, prayer is the first resort. Before you do, <laughs> that was actually my other sermon, by the way, in the Trust and Obey. There's no do without through, right? Before you do something, you've got to be endued with the power of God. So we've got to pray and get the mind of Christ before we go out there and do something. Because guess what? You have great ideas, but they're really stupid. Sorry. I have great ideas, but they're really stupid. We've got to have God's mind on this. And so we open up God's word. We talk to him in prayer. And we let God lead us and guide us. And then we are gracious to everybody, knowing the body is completely different. So I'm going to talk about prayer. I'm going to be looking over here a little bit because my other screen is over here where my PowerPoint is on prayer. So um, I referenced this in my reading earlier. <laughs> yeah, Christy, I want you to hurry up and type all the announcements on the live stream right now so everybody has a little bulletin, right? And then, and then if you want, you can be like Pam and you can take a screenshot of your phone while the bulletin notes are passing through and you can know what's going on. So yeah, type that in, Christy. All right. Uh, for those of you that need your bulletin or virtual bulletin. Okay, so back to the sermon. Quit interrupting me, Christy. Um, I, I start with, uh, this is slide number two in my presentation, the bow of prayer, right? Ephesians 6.18. It's not called the bow. 
in the armor of God. In fact, it's, it's mostly not listed as a component by most people. They list the six components of God's armor, but I list seven because seven's a holy number and because he mentions prayer right after it, and so I give it a thing, right? I mean, the word of God is called the sword, the, the righteousness is a breastplate, uh, salvation is a helmet, all these different components in God's holy armor that you should be wearing. Start at the top. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, belt of truth, gospel boots, sword of the spirit, and the bow of prayer, right? We call it a bow because it makes sense because it's long range. You can pray for Audrey in Africa to get home safely and it happens. So I said this on my slide. Prayer is a component of the whole armor of God. The Bible and prayer are our two offensive weapons. Notice, everything else is defensive. I mean, I guess you could throw your helmet at somebody, but helmet and breastplate and belt and boots, those are all to protect you. But the shield, protect you. But the sword and the bow, like, I think, is it Legolas in Lord of the Rings? He has both. It's kind of cool. He's got his sword and he's fighting and he's got a shield strapped onto his back. And, and he can, didn't he one time, like, slide down the stairs on his shield with his sword in his hand while he's pulling out bow and arrows and shooting people? Okay. The point is, most of those are defensive. But the two offensive are the sword and the bow, which that's why we talk about the Word of God and prayer. The Word of God and prayer. And if you're praying the Word of God, then you're shooting the most accurately. Think about that. You take the Word of God and you turn it into prayer. That's the most accurate bow you can shoot. So we talk about Scripture prayer in the 12 components of prayer, but we're not getting into that today. The point is you can pray for all people at all times in all places because the bow is long range. That's why we talk about the importance of prayer. Okay, so you might ask the question, why pray? You're probably not asking that today, but when I preached this, I said, you asked the question, why pray? Okay, here's a couple answers quickly. Number one, Jesus commanded us to pray. I'm on slide three, if you're following. Raise your hand if you're actually following the PowerPoint presentation. I don't know if anybody has the technology to actually watch me and follow the PowerPoint, but Pam's over there with her phone, and she had her iPad, but she closed it. All right. Uh, number one, Jesus commands us to pray. Matthew 6, 5. Why pray? Jesus commanded us to pray, and he is your Lord. You don't go to heaven because you believe. You go to heaven because you made him Savior and Lord, right? You must confess, Jesus is Lord. So if he commands, we obey. I don't really like to pray. I don't know how to pray. Learn. Jesus commanded us to pray. Number two, Jesus wants us to pray. In Matthew 21, 13, he tells us that he wants us to pray at all times for all places. And then in Matthew 6, of course, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. We're going to look at that, compare the prayer of Jesus with the prayer of Jabez someday, maybe not today. Uh, so Jesus taught us to pray. Also, a couple other scriptures. Um, prayer connects us with God. Uh, Philippians 4, 5-7 tells us to pray at all times with thanksgiving and the peace of God with passive understanding will guard our hearts and minds. So it connects us with God as we pray. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, it showed that prayer unleashed the power of God. When they pray, the power of God fell. Miracles happened. And finally, prayer is answered by God. Matthew 21, 22. Prayer is answered by God. He said, ask, believe, and receive. And so that's why we pray. Hmm. Some good stuff there. That's six reasons why we pray. And then, uh, I think this will be, I don't know how, how far I'm going to go on this. But uh, one of the things that I was interested in is uh, there's three prayers. Uh, uh, well, there's two prayers and then a bonus prayer. So there's the prayer of Jabez in the Old Testament and the prayer of Jesus in the New Testament. 
And they, here, here's the components they have. Uh, if you remember the prayer of Jabez, he asked for God to bless him indeed, to enlarge his territory, to have the hand of the Lord stay upon him, to protect him from evil, and to shield him from pain. That was his prayer. And it said that God heard his prayer and granted his request. So if you want to pray and say, Lord, I want you to bless me and my family, or my country, or my church. I want you to enlarge our boundary, enlarge our influence on what we're doing. Keep your hand on us, Lord. We need your hand on us, your hand of blessing, and that you would protect us from evil and you keep us from either receiving pain or causing pain. <laughs> right? I don't want to receive pain, but I don't want to be a pain in the rear for anybody as well. Then you compare that with the prayer of Jesus. And he said that we should, if I was to break down the prayer of Jesus, right, the Lord's Prayer, we pray in his name, our Father who art in heaven, we pray in his name. We yield to his will, his will, your kingdom come, your will be done. We have to yield to his will, not our will, it's his will. We ask for his help, give us this day our daily bread. We seek forgiveness, forgive us our debts. And there's a contract there, as we forgive those who've wronged us. And then we seek his protection. Yes, and to protect us from evil. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So those prayers have a lot of the same components, really. Jabez was bless, expand, anoint, protect, and give peace. Jesus' was praise, submit, request, repent, and entrust. They're not prayers necessarily to repeat, but they're an outline for prayer. It's interesting that in both prayers, the prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Jesus... They both are asking for protection from evil. In both places, there's evil out there, whether it's the great supernatural evil of Satan and his demons that are attacking the Christians, or it's just the evil of sin in the world and mankind attacking each other, or the evil of disease and virus, that we can ask for God's protection from those kind of things. Too fast for notes. That's right. That's why you can go to the church Facebook place and link and find the PowerPoint, which has all of the notes, it has the actual presentation plus my sermon notes below it. So not only do you get to see what I'm talking about, but you get to see the very private notes I made myself when I was preaching it. Right. Um, and so because the prayers have the idea of protecting us from evil, it reminds us from the very beginning, the bow of prayer, that this is spiritual warfare. This is primarily spiritual. I know it's physical. People are sick. But it's of a spiritual nature too. Don't you agree that God is sovereign over this thing? Everything has to be allowed through his sovereign will. There's something going on in the heavenlies. Plagues can be stopped by the people praying for God. So there's a spiritual component is, and we need to pray for God to protect us from evil. And I, I get, I'll get into this later, but Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. There's, I call that progressive aggressiveness. So you might have already been praying, be like, Lord, I just pray that you know this would never come near us, and you'd stop this and keep us safe. And then it gets worse, and then so, you, so you've asked. Now you seek. You really start seeking God and interceding. That's what today is, National Day of Prayer. We intercede. We get on our knees, and we ask God to stop this. And finally, we knock. We knock on heaven's door. The, the example there is the neighbor that comes over and knocks on your door at midnight and says, get up and give me some food. My children are home, and I have nothing for them because Walmart pickup was canceled. I need some food. Give me some food, and you're not going to get up. Because <laughs> you're hoarding your own food. No, because you're already in bed. But it says, you didn't get up because you're such a nice neighbor. You got up because he kept pounding on the door. Now, this, And it says, now how much more? Your God's not a mean neighbor. Your God is a gracious, loving neighbor. And he has more stuff than Walmart would ever have or Amazon. And so if you ask him, he'll give you. So ask, seek, and knock. There's a story of, uh, I don't even know where it is. Let me see if I can find it. Do I have it on me? Nope. I don't have the reference. But blind Bartimaeus. He's in the scripture. Someone find the reference. 
It's in Matthew. And I think it's also in Luke. Um, when Jesus passed by blind Bartimaeus, he was blind. That's why he's called blind Bartimaeus. I am a Bible scholar. Anyways, he cried out because they said, hey, the Lord's coming by. And he cried out and said, Lord, I want to I wanna be healed. Actually, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Mark 10. Thank you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There's a simple prayer. If you've never prayed, ever, that's your good first prayer. Jesus, son of the living God, have mercy on me. And guess what his friends and his skeptics said to him? Shut up, you dummy. You're a blind beggar. This is an important man passing through town. He's got a parade going on, and you're making him look bad, and they push him off into a corner. Now, I am speculating here, okay? This is me, Pastor Yahoo, speculating. What if he had listened to those naysayers and said, you're right, I'm a nobody. I'm just a blind beggar. Jesus doesn't want to do with me. He's got a parade going on. He's got all these disciples. He's got a kingdom to establish. You think he'd still be blind? I mean, obviously he's dead, but you think he would have been blind till the day he died? It doesn't say, but I'm going to say, I, I think yes. But he didn't. It says when they told him to be quiet, he shouted all the louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him and said, what, who is this guy and what does he need? And he came over to him and he says, wow, you are asking, you are seeking, you are knocking, you are persistent. What is it that you want? I want to be healed. And Jesus granted his request. There's something to say about persistence and prayer. I don't, I don't claim to understand it all. That's why I did a comprehensive series on the variables that affect prayer and why prayer doesn't always happen the way we think, but God is still sovereign. It's a dicey subject. But one thing I do know, even if your prayers are only answered 10% of the time, that's better than zero. Because if you don't pray, you're not going to get answers. But if you do pray, God will always answer, and maybe 10% of the time, 30% of the time, 50% of the time, 75% of the time, you'll be able to see the answer to prayer. But the variables on prayer teaches that God always answers the prayers. We just don't always see it. So as we talk about coming to God in prayer and truly interceding on today the national day of prayer, we're like blind Bartimaeus. Look at anybody who tells you they know what's going on. Oh, I know what's going on. This is, this is a government conspiracy. There's not really a plague. Or we're all going to die. This guy is falling. Or anywhere in between. We don't know. These are unprecedented times. We, my friends, are in uncharted water. And anybody that tells you they know the way to navigate uncharted water is like the idiots who captained the Titanic. We don't know. And we don't want our boat to sink. So we don't know. We are in uncharted waters. We're in unprecedented times. But So we're like Bartimaeus. We're blind. Let's admit it and cry out all the more. Jesus, son of the living God, have mercy on us mercy on us. Show us what to do. Give us wisdom. Bring about a miraculous intervention here through the miracles of heaven or through doctors and science or through technology or through the love of Christians, but have mercy on us. And that's what happened there. Jesus stopped and met the man's need. And next week, maybe when we talk more about this, it over and over and over again in Scripture there's examples of when the Christians got serious about prayer and cried out to God, 
God moved. Now, sometimes he calls us to be our answer to our own prayer, right? Sometimes it's when we pray, then God says, now move and work. Sometimes he does it through somebody else. Sometimes he does something miraculously. But it begins by getting on our knees. It's not the, see, that's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know what I can do for you, my friend, but at least I can pray. No, prayer is the first step we take because then we get our marching orders from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then I march out to whatever God has called me to. Whatever God has called you to, whatever it's protecting or attacking or engaging or developing, you walk in the authority of Christ. And you can have peace that passes understanding as you go through the valley of the shadow of death, as you go through the highs and lows, as we're in the storms of life. We've connected with God and he's given us his assurance and his peace. And we can move out with faith. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that gets prayers answered. And so we have this little bit of desperation because we know if we're going to hope, we only hope in the Lord. Our trust is in him. We believe in Psalm 91. We believe in Psalm 23. We trust the Lord. And so I encourage you in closing, start reading Psalms, a Psalm a day at least. And I'll be back tomorrow at whatever time works out. I don't know. I can't say. We're going to be going through, I don't know, it's going to be short, little five-minute devotional from the book of Psalms just to encourage you every day. And we'll continue to do church online until such a time it's safe to meet again. In the meantime, if you have needs, you can comment on this stream. Uh, that's pretty public. You can email me via the church's email, connellfirstbaptist at yahoo.com. Uh, if you have phone, you can always text things in to me or the deacons. If you want things put on the prayer chain, if you have a personal prayer request and you send it just to me, let me know that you want me and Pam praying about it. But if you want the whole church prayer chain praying about it, be specific. Here is a prayer request. Please forward this to the church prayer chain. We have many people on the church prayer chain who will take your prayer request seriously and pray over them. So if it's public and you want it done, I'll take a brief version of what you're saying and put it on the church prayer chain. So you can text us, you can email us, you can comment on this Facebook page. However you want to get the comments in, we want to be intentional about connecting with you and meeting your needs, both virtually and in real life as needed. God bless you. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father, this is day two of the CFBC Daily Online Church. As our nation is under quite an interesting restriction of movement, national emergency, and a virus pandemic. But we hope in you. We put our trust in you. No, we're not fools who put our heads in the ground and don't see and ignore the... But we're also not panicked. Fear's a liar. We trust and obey. These are extreme days, but you are sovereign God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You're still on the throne. I pray you would uphold us and our families and give us wisdom but mainly give us peace that passes understanding as we bring these to you with prayer, with thanksgiving, so that when we're out in the world, both physically and virtually, people will see our faith and trust in you. People will see our good deeds and glorify God. People will see that we have peace that passes understanding and be drawn to you. And then help us to know what it is, how each of us is supposed to work. That's what's so amazing about the body of Christ here. All of us working together, all of us different, but giving grace to each other. Give us an extra measure of love that covers a multitude of sins. And to be gracious is to others as you have been to us. Lord, please have mercy on our souls. In this national day of prayer where our nation has called upon you, we pray you would stop this plague. In Jesus' name, amen.